everything in business is a gamble. People generally buy people. It's genius! We want an education What you're thinking, can you get the buy-in? Buy-in, buy-in. You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Below Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Anyone who tunes in to Forest FM on the regular knows how big a fan I am of the Knowledge Project podcast. It's a it's a show hosted by Shane Parrish. And something like two years ago already, I was listening to an episode of his. It featured public speaker and award-winning radio journalist Celeste Headley. And in this episode, she made the case that our relationships, our happiness, and even our health depended on face-to-face interaction, something that we've all been much deprived of in the pandemic. Um, Amongst other things in this interview, Celeste and Shane were discussing ways that could help just about anyone improve the communication skills right there and then. And there was this one point in the conversation where Celeste made an analogy about playing catch. She was explaining that when you play catch, you're not trying to throw the ball miles away, too high, too low, or too much to the side. You're trying to throw it so that the other person can actually catch it and throw it back to you. There's an intention for exchange. And communication, although it's the foundation for better connection with the people in your life, at home, at work, is an art. And it works the exact same way as a game of catch. Now, to bring it back to today's episode, we're going to be talking about communication, sure, but we're going to be specifically talking about, you know, effective, what are the most effective communication skills you need to learn to better lead your team? Where do we usually fall short? What are things that perhaps we need to stop saying to our staff? And how can choosing the right words and using them with intention can help you get more buy-in, more motivation? Everything rises and falls on leadership. We got to remember when we're talking as leaders, we're not learning anything. The only time we learn is when we ask questions. I heard this recently from a mentor of mine. He said, you don't get to say if you're a great communicator or not. The people around you do. You have to create the culture where people feel safe enough to speak up. I think changing verbiage, anything like that, is coaching to their behavior, not who they are, and asking permission. You know, those two things right there will radically change when you have to have tough conversations with people. If we coach to the behavior and not who they are, that's where things start to open up. If we're on the other end of getting feedback, we got to separate who we are and what we do. On the show with me today is South Carolina native Evan Silver, who despite perhaps an unconventional entrance into the salon world in 2018, found a passion in developing leaders and great healthy salon cultures. Today, Evan spends his professional career time between a few different plates, his leadership and development coaching business, a podcast called Touch the Line, and the recruitment, leadership, and culture development at Silver Salon, where he co-leads with his wife, Erin. So without further ado, Evan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me on Forest FM. It's a pleasure to have you on. I was excited for us to uh, to chat about this topic. And um, well, first off, how have things been since we last spoke? Yes, it's been great. I'll be honest, I'm a little nervous today. So I have my own <laughs> podcast and I feel great hosting a podcast. Coming on as a guest, it's, it's, it's interesting, I'll say that, but I'm very excited about it. Uh, last few weeks have been been great. Just got back from... 
Arizona, it was like 104 degrees. Um, felt like I was in the oven the whole time, yeah, but it was good. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. And um, and yeah, like I totally agree. The few episodes that I've been on as a guest, it is a whole different experience, but I'm sure you'll do great. So listen, let's just jump straight in. Um, when you think about, you know, big memorable speeches or TED Talks or uh, any kind of like conference that you've been to and were blown away by the presentation. That form of communication has been planned. You know, the speech has been written out. Um, the, the presentation has a script probably to it that has been rehearsed many, many times. And uh, the, the words that are chosen are very intentional. The way that the content is delivered is very intentional. Yet when we think about communicating on a day-to-day kind of basis, we don't necessarily put as much planning or thinking into what we're going to say, how we're going to say it, and why we're saying it. Um, And there are some school of thoughts that say that winging um, communication is never the right way or the best way to go about it, that instead the most powerful thing you can do is to plan quickly for every type of communication, especially when it comes to the workplace. So what are your thoughts on that? And to what extent could you plan for uh, uh, every communication in the salon? Yeah, that, that's an incredible question. Let me preface all of this. I, I, I don't think I'm a great communicator. Now, I used to be a terrible communicator. <laughs> and the people around me, We're getting stressed out. But the great thing is I had people around me that would tell me the truth. And so it was something that in our organization, I didn't want to have one person know something and another person find out through them. And then there's a gap in communication and they're throwing suspicion in there instead of trust. So we want to communicate all the time. But I think to answer the question, just having clarity, bringing clarity brings unity. Hmm. And so that's one thing why I'm constantly communicating. And when we got to remember, when we're talking as leaders, we're not learning anything. The only time we learn is when we ask questions. So I don't know if it's um, me being a guy, but I'm like a, a Mr. Fix-It. I want to fix everything. Uh, luckily, early on in our marriage, my wife was like, hey, I just need you to listen. <laughs> so I, I hear that voice when I'm uh, doing one-on-ones or having conversations is like, hey, just listen. Because if we as leaders will listen and shut up <laughs> you know, and just stop talking, we'll find out more about the other person. But when it comes to planning, I think that's so, I used to wing things. I used to wing meetings. I used to be like, oh, I got this going on tomorrow. I'll wing it. Um, I've never winged a podcast. That would be terrible, right? That would be hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, we we even prepped for this. I prepped on like, hey, here's the questions that are going to be asked. And I have um, some ideas around them. But even in tough conversations, this is a shameless plug, I did an online course on tough conversations. Mm. And the whole premise of it is to listen, and there's PDF documents in there that you fill out before the tough conversation, during the tough conversation, and after. Because if we want to, it's just like any like anything in sports, yeah. how does the athlete get great? They plan, they practice. And I feel like as communicators, we've got to do the same thing. Now, experience definitely helps. You know, yeah. there's great communicators who have been doing it for years and they can go and they can communicate and just, you know, 
to us, it looks like they're winging it, but they're actually not because they got so much experience. Um, but I think it, let me say this. I heard this recently from a mentor of mine. He says, you don't get to say if you're a great communicator or not. The people around you do. <laughs> Zoe. Yeah, that, yeah. I was like. <laughs> Truth bomb. They like hit me between the <laughs> eyes and I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, and then, you know, the the words pay attention mm. or, or the reason it's called pay attention because someone is paying you with their time to give you their attention. And we can't get time back, right? Yeah. You can always get money back, but you can't get time back. So when people are paying attention to you, you got I feel like as leaders, we've got to be valuable. Mm-hmm. And you know, especially in like say monthly team meetings where everybody's together, if it's virtually or in person, I gotta make sure that everyone who shows up, that time is valuable because if not, then they're gonna they're not gonna want to come to um, team meetings. So I think with, you know, there's no, you shouldn't be winging anything. There should be planning. Mm. Um, just in every, when you have an interaction with, if it's a one-on-one or in a group setting, I think planning is, is winning. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you said in there that I uh, really agree with. And I loved the uh, sports planning analogy. You tapped into to something that I do a lot with uh, flag football. Uh, but you also mentioned obviously active listening and clarity. What are some other effective communication skills that you need to have as a leader? That's a great question. Listening is the biggest because I feel like, especially in corporate world, mm-hmm. even even in, you know, my wife and I own a salon, even as we grow, I can kind of disconnect more because I don't have to be there as much because we have other leaders Right. I think getting in the trenches with our team is helps us communicate, especially if we're communicating on like as a group because they know that I'm for them. Mm. If I'm not around, if I'm not available, visible, and valuable, then my communication is not going to go very far. It's going to come; the words are going to come out of my mouth and fall on deaf ears. So, I think getting in the trenches. I know Disney World does this, or Disney, the company, the corporate at Disney World. I can't remember how often, but they go into the parks and they're flipping burgers. Really? Yes. They're on the ground floor doing this and they're in the trenches. It's basically like, hey, get out of the office, get down with the people who are making it happen. So that's one thing as a communicator inside of our organization that I've got to remember. I've got to get in the trenches with my team. So when I speak, I have an idea of where where they're sitting because we're all sitting in chairs, right? Like I sit in the chair as an owner of the company and I see things that other people in the company don't see. Yeah. But they sit in the chair as well and they see things in the company that I don't see. And if I'm not asking questions, we had a, a new employee. She's been with us for three weeks now. I asked her yesterday. I said, hey, when tell me, you've been here for three weeks. What are some things that, you've seen about our company that you like? What are some things that you don't understand or you need more clarity on? And what I was doing in that time was I was connecting with them. I was getting equity with them. Mm. And so I think asking those questions, asking those questions to people and connecting with them, you know, I wrote down connection 
every, there's a book by John Maxwell called Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. Mm-hmm. So connection, being consistent, and adding value. That's connecting with the people, being consistent in your communication. Because I've had people say, oh, I used to do weekly meetings or I used to do monthly meetings. We hadn't had one in three or four months. I'm like, well, to me, it shows that you don't see it as a high priority. But then when you call one, you want your team to think it's a high priority, you know? And then the last one is value, creating value using that time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to bring it to something that you slightly um, touched on earlier in your answer. And I guess it comes down to like how we interact with people, you know, like everyone communicates, not everyone connects. And I think that what happens when people don't connect is that when you're having a conversation, you're either trying to like listen to decide whether the person you're talking to is right or wrong. If like what they're saying is true or false, you're just kind of like in that mindset or you're trying to actively understand what's being said, or you're receptive enough to the fact that you could actually be changed by the conversation. And so I feel like when you yeah. reach those like last, the, the latter two, you have that opportunity to connect with someone. But when it comes to communication in salon environments, because usually everything is pretty fast paced, I feel like it can be something that we, you know, we just default into the, okay, I'm just like, just taking in the information and just trying to, you know, regurgitate something real fast so that you have your answer. Um, where do you feel people fall short the most often in salons? I think a lot of people fall short in being consistent and having structure. So I knew when, I think if I evaluated every company and did a survey with every company in the entire world, every employee most employees would say, I wish my company communicated more. And I was like, you know what? I want to get to a point where our team is like, oh my gosh, they over communicate. Well, over communication is a myth. You can't over communicate. We had something that I talked about for nine weeks and three days before we were having what we were talking about. A person said, oh, I didn't know that was happening. I was like, what? We've been talking about this for nine weeks. (laughs) So I think it's structure and consistency. And the way I do communication inside of our salon company is we have daily communication, we have weekly communication, and we have monthly communication. Now, a lot of people just like turned off the podcast. They're like, this guy's insane. He has daily communication. Let me break that down, Zoe, real quick. Daily communication. Now, all of them are different. You're going to communicate things different in each one. Daily communication. So in our company, we do split shifts. So we have a shift that comes in the morning, one that comes in the afternoon. And the people that are working that shift, they all come in at the same time. So 10 minutes before the shift, let's say, you know, we open up at 830 at 820. We have a 10-minute meeting. And I want to go around the room. I want to know everyone. I want to get everybody's mindset right because, you know, the kids might have spilled goldfish on the car or it might have been raining. They just walked in and now their their hair's wet and they're just frustrated. Well, I want to get everybody's mindset right. Hey, you had a bad moment. A lot of people say I had a bad day. It's like, no, you had a bad moment that you made into a bad day. So that morning, I want to get their mindset right. I want to unify the team and the meeting's going to unify it. I want to know everyone's goals. So their goal might be a retail goal. It might be a service ticket goal. It might be, I have a new guest and I want to make them, you know, I want to make them happy. Whatever that goal is. I do like tangible goals that can be reached. 
And then the last one is serve. What are some ways that we can serve each other? So let me break it down. You get in a circle. You got 10 minutes. I'll go around the room. Hey, what's your goal today? Oh, my goal is to sell, you know, seven units of product. All right, cool. What, how can we serve you today? So here's an instance. This actually uh, happened. We had a stylist come in, and she was double booked with, you know, let's just say two Chewbacca's full highlight, and she was like by herself. She's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. She said, is there, is, can anyone help me with this guest? Well, someone who works with an associate said, hey, I've got two male haircuts. My associate can actually help you today. And she was like, oh my gosh, that would be great. Well, what happens with this daily meeting, it gets, it, it, a culture starts happening. And when that culture starts happening, that person that's stressed out about what they have on the books for that day walks in not stressed out because now knows, they know they're going to go into a meeting where people are going to lend a hand and help them and serve them. So that's why the daily meeting is so so impactful, and it serves the team first before it serves the company. The second one is our weekly team meeting. Now, this is something we used to do in person, but as we as you grow as a team, that you can't have everybody at the same time eat for weekly. So what I do is I go, I go on Zoom, <clears throat> have a presentation slide and PowerPoint, and I record myself on Sundays in Zoom. And I go through, we go through uh, retail sales, we go through our top three performers, we go through our uh, top retail sellers, we go through uh, birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. And we go at what we did last week in sales, and did we hit our goal, and what's coming up this week. So if you have any educational classes, anything like that, that goes on the weekly meeting. And so everybody knows what's coming up that next week. And I might shoot out like, hey, in six weeks, we've got this going on. And I send that out every Monday at 10 a.m. So every Monday at 10 a.m., there's a video that goes out in our group messaging that we use. And they watch it. It's about 10 minutes long. And it gives them a snapshot of where we are as a company, what we did last week and next week. And then the last one is monthly. Now, monthly is a little bit different. We do that in person. We bring in food. So if you do a monthly team meeting and you are able to financially bring in food, it will make your team meetings go so much better because <laughs> people love food. And we do it in the middle of the day. So when the, uh, uh, the first shift and second shift, uh, we close an hour early and an hour later in between that shift. Does that make sense? So we have more time together. And we do it in the middle uh, of the day. And in the monthly team meeting, I'm, I'm pitching vision. We're pitching vision uh, where we're going. Um, you know, we're looking for a new space. We bought property. We're um, going to be building, hopefully. And those are things that, hey, this is what, what could be. These are, these are, this is the vision. This is culturally what we want to do. It's big things that you just don't want to throw out in a weekly video. Now, if you want talking about, hey, we need everyone to start cleaning bowls better or whatever, don't do that in a monthly meeting. Like, do that in a daily meeting. Hey, before we get started, just remember clean bowls. Like, because you got everybody together, you don't want to just um, talk about cleaning bowls and well, uh, washing towels. Um, you want to use that time for that monthly team meeting to be inspiring, and you want people to leave 
feeling inspired. So you want to start that meeting with how do I want people to feel after the monthly team meeting? So that's the breakdown of the daily, weekly, and monthly, a quick snapshot. So I guess in terms of like when you host all of these, you know, daily, weekly, and monthly meetings, the question that springs to mind is how do you make sure, like if you're communicating, you know, what your vision is and what's coming up for them, et cetera, et cetera, how do you make sure that staff feel listened to, considered, and appreciated? Yeah, so the first thing is the the team meetings, I'll open it up for discussion. So there's things where we want to get everybody's buy-in. Like we just switched product brands. We just um, we were going to launch a, a barbering company, and we switched that. Now we're launching a boutique, and so we're getting people. Hey, what do you think about that? Like, like we'll open it up, and you have to create the culture where people feel safe enough yeah. to speak up, and they. It comes back to trust. Like, if you're connecting with them, like when you switch a product brand, that's a big deal, Zoe. I mean, you switch color and everything and it, everybody was on board. And I had one-on-one conversations with um, some people that I thought, well, maybe they might have a hard time with this. And I was like, Hey, do you have any questions? Like, is there anything I can do to serve you? And they're like, no, I think, I think we need to just pull the bandaid off. I'm like, well, you can't really do that. Like it takes time. (laughs) Like they want to start it tomorrow. I'm like, you can't do it tomorrow. But I think creating an atmosphere where people can open up and be themselves and know that they're going to be listened to. Because if they speak up and I'm like, yeah, that's that's not a great idea. Let's go, you know, or say something along those lines, then people are going to quit speaking up. Or, Or, Zoe, if you take people's ideas and write them down, but then you just do whatever you want to do, they're going to be like, we keep bringing you ideas but you never implement them. So we're just going to quit speaking up. Yeah. Yeah. They're just thinking, well, what's the point? Why would I put in effort? You know, it makes sense. Exactly. Um, Do you have something like an open door policy? Yeah, we have a sliding door policy because we have a, uh, (laughs) one of those barn sliding doors because we have no rooms. We have like (laughs) 1,280 square feet, 22 staff and eight chairs. I mean, there is nothing like we have this small office, but yes, I mean, you can contact us at any time. We had a staff person call us like at 945 Mm. and they wanted to talk to us about, it was a personal matter, had nothing to do with work. And that was a time where I'm like, wow, like our culturally we're on target. And one thing that we've implemented and we've only done this for two months is we've realized we can't lead my wife and I. So that would be 20 staff. We can't lead 20 staff. Like we can manage, but we can't lead. I can lead about seven people Mm. and stay healthy. So managing and leading, that's a whole different uh, podcast episode. Yeah. But we created team leaders inside of our salon company. That does not mean the team leaders are over them. It's not an org chart. It's basically a care chart. So I lead one person, and then that person, well, I lead three people, and then those three people lead three people. Gotcha. And they have group chats together. They they go out to lunch. They get coffee. They they are bringing them coffee when things, you know, when a person is going through a tough time, then that person is caring for them. I've heard of team leaders writing them notes. That's nice. Uh, bringing them their favorite candy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here, hey, here's a nugget for the salon owners or anyone working in the salon. One of, we broke out into groups at our uh, monthly team meeting with our 
team leaders. So the team leaders got in little groups with their uh, people they lead. And we wanted to know what can we do to serve each other? And one person said, I, I want to put a board up in the back, like one of those push pin boards, cork boards. Mm-hmm. And I want to just put it where we can just put nice notes to each other in the back. And so we call it Happy Graham. She went and bought all the stuff and did it. And it's a notepad on the cork board and a pen. And I just say, hey, Zoe, you are so valued here. You're a huge part of our company. I just want to thank you for all your hard work. I fold it. I put a tack and I tack it on the board. And then when you go back out, go back in there to maybe grab uh, your stuff to leave, you see that note. And I'm just like, what? This is awesome. And that wasn't even my idea, you know? So we think that we have all the great ideas, but if we ask our team, they have way better ideas. Yeah, it is surprising. Sometimes you're like, how did I never think about that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I do it all the time. Because some things are so simple. Yeah. <laughs> so simple. Mm. So you know how, um, and this is probably going to be a tough question, but you know how like currently one of the most prominent challenges in the industry is all about recruitment retention. Do you feel like that challenge is less of maybe a staffing problem and more of a communication strategies and slash leadership problem. So here's my thought, Zoe, and a lot of people are not going to like this. <laughs> Sorry, I put you under the spot there. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I love, I'm very passionate about this. It's a leadership problem. It is a leadership problem. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And if you're in leadership, and you're listening to this, everything you do not like about your company is your fault because that's what leaders do. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And I think people with staff retention, I think when they're jumping from salon to salon and they're going from different, you know, from suites to booth rental to commission and back and forth and jumping around, they're looking to be valued and they're looking for leadership and they're looking for culture. Mm-hmm. And I think if we as leaders put the focus on people, there's people that say, I can't keep staff and I'm wanting to build a team. And then I go to their website and it's all about them, the owner, Mm -hmm. all about them. There's pictures. And I'm like, well, if you're wanting to build a team, like you should be celebrating the team and lifting them up. And they're looking for a place where they can say, I can go here and I know the people around me want the best for me. And I know the people that are leading me are for me. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, it it has come so performance-based. And performance matters for sure. Yeah. But our vision for our staff is for them to win at home before they win at work. Now, that's really easy to say. (laughs) It really is. It's really easy to say. It's, It's harder to do. When you have someone in your company who says, you know, they might be having a, a mental breakdown or they might have something that they're going through. I remember having a conversation with a staff member. I said, hey, what is it that refreshes you? That Like, just it's just good for the soul. And they said, hiking. And I was like, really? Hiking? Oh, my gosh. That's like the last thing I'd want to do. But whatever. <laughs> you know, people have different things. Um, I said, hey, Today, we're going to pay you for today, but I want you to leave work and I want you to go hiking. They were like, what? You don't have to do that. And I'm like, I know we don't. But I want them to know that, hey, I'm for them. Not, 
and I want them to know that like how for your mental health. I want you yeah. to get healthy. If leaders would know if we took care of the people that were in our care, the performance is a result of that. People think that uh, let's get performance, performance. Well, to get performance, you've got to care for them because they're going to walk in the back door or front door, however the staff come in, and they're going to they're see that company as like, oh, this is my haven. This is my place where I can thrive and be myself. One of the things that frustrates me is when I hear people say, oh, I wish my staff would just leave their personal things at the door. And I'm like, oh, that's, that hurts. That communicates, hey, I don't care about your personal life. Mm. I need your performance when you come in. Now, I do, I do suggest, hey, let's come in the office. Let's talk about it. And, you know, the, the salon floor is, is a stage. <laughs> You're acting. So there might be some things that you need to swallow and just go out on the floor and do it. Yeah. But you need to go out on the floor and know that the leaders in the company are – are for them. Yeah, and I mean it's going to be it's going to be a maybe hard to swallow answer for a lot of people listening, but I think you're 100% right. And I think that that that's what we've seen come across a whole lot more in the pandemic as well, you know, like people have just been like craving feeling valued, and I feel like if we can deliver that, you're uh, you're right. Like the performance will be a result of what we do and what we how we change things. Yeah. 40% of the workforce is looking to change their career. 40%. And I think a, a lot, lot of them are I think a lot of them are like, man, I've been at home. This has been like this has been kind of cool. I don't want to go back to the office and work for a terrible boss. Mhm. Yeah. They're like, ah, I just soon do something and do something else and with the internet and everything, there's tons of opportunities out there. Yeah. Something that I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on was I'm going to take the example of a staff who has been employed for like, I don't know, five plus years, but it can be also just someone that you, you've you known for a long time or whatever. I feel like sometimes because we have that like comfort level with those people, our communication can, we can like slack on the, 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 the communication that we have with them because we assume that they know what we expect of them, et cetera, et cetera. And so my question is like, how do you how do you catch yourself? Like, how do you keep yourself accountable not to do that? Because those are probably people who are, who could be there for the longest time if you just kept that level of communication with them. Yeah, I think when it comes to communicating with people who have been in the company for a long time, from, from my perspective, coaching salons, they, they're like, well, they've been here for so many years and they kind of just tolerate it, you know, if it's an, a negative thing. And I'm like, no, you're to be unclear is to be unkind. I think that's a Brene Brown uh, quote, but to be unclear is to be unkind. And they're leaders in the company, if they like it or not, some somebody's looking up to them. And when they when that person speaks, people listen. So I think that's something that needs to be addressed, because what you know, circling all the way back around is core values. What are the core values of your company? Core values in the company will help the company tremendously because Zoe, if I have to have a tough conversation with you, I'm going to take myself out of the conversation and go look at our core values. And one of our core values is radiate positivity. Hey Zoe, one of our core values is radiate positivity. How do you feel like you are from one to 10, you know, on the 10, you're just, a ray of sunshine the whole time. And one, you're like complete darkness. 
uh, <laughs> you know, and go from there and start asking questions. But I think the people that have been there longer, I think they're probably going to ask more questions, maybe different questions mm -hmm. than a newer staff. And I'm going to circle back around because I forgot one of my points on staff retention. We got to communicate when we're interviewing too. A lot of times we're not communicating enough. I used to make our salon sound like Disney World. And then I was like, you know what? Our associate program, our artist academy that we have our um, new hires go through, it's tough and it's hard. Mm. And only really the elite survive. And so <laughs> uh, I started communicating that and we started getting different people in the interview process. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, well, something actually that ties into that a little bit is the importance of verbiage and how words and the structures we use to communicate them um, are, are powerful. An example that we used was um, speaking in the affirmative versus the negative. You are as opposed to you are not doing your job or doing this correctly. How can verbiage or choosing the right words with intention can help leaders, in your opinion, get more buy-in, spark motivation in staff, and guide teams, generally speaking, to reach salon goals? Yeah, well, we kind of touched on it. Please stop saying leaving your personal things at the door. That is uh, a pet peeve for sure. I'll start off with a story that of my daughter who was in kindergarten last year. And we went in because her behavior, we found out that she had a hearing problem. And she had a behavior problem at the time. And so we went in and we met with the teachers and we met with the guidance counselor. And in the meeting, someone said, she's been bad in school, like in the classroom, disrupting, she's been bad. Well, after that person walked out, I told another staff member that was in there, I said, I get what she was communicating, but you need to coach her up on like, my daughter's not bad. Her behavior is bad. That is a game changer because mm -hmm. if we coach to the behavior and not who they are, that's where, that's where things start to open up. If we're on the other end of getting feedback, we got to separate who we are and what we do because <laughs> a lot of people intertwine those. And so if we have to have a tough conversation or coach them up on something, they think we're hurting them personally. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to separate those two things. One thing I like to do when I'm, when I'm coaching and mentoring is saying, ask permission. So Zoe, hey, do I have permission to coach you up for a second? What that does is, A, it gives you an invitation. Two, they're always going to say yes. And mm. it's going to, in the brain, it almost like opens up like, yeah, I'm open to feedback. And they kind of know that it might be something that, I don't want to say negative, because I think when we coach, it's, it's positive. But it might hurt for a, a, a second, you know? So I think changing verbiage, anything like that, is coaching to their behavior, not who they are, and asking permission. You know, those two things right there will radically change when you have to have tough conversations with people. That's brilliant. Evan, this has been an absolute pleasure. I've loved everything that you've said there. Um, it's time for the thought starter question. You're not prepared for this one. I know it's a curveball, but I'm sure you'll do great. Today's thought starter question is, is there a motto or principle you live by? A motto or principle I live by. I was, I was asked this a while back. The natural thought when you are running a business is coming from a place of desperation to like drive performance and drive 
business, right? But giving staff feedback is hard, isn't it? Well, the process of empowering teams to reach their goals and targets just got that much easier. Celebrate having a competitive edge with Forest's new staff performance tool. Give your team access to key metrics like revenue and transactions for services, product retail and client booking. The new performance report is a form of way power that you're giving them and saying like, here's information in your hands. It's 24-7 access to their KPIs, all from the Forest Go mobile app. Visit forest.com for more information. I don't have a motto, but I'll tell you a, a, a thought that a leader told me um, years ago. When we're at work, we have a leadership hat on. Mm-hmm. When I come home, I have to take that hat off and put on another leadership hat of husband and dad. And for years, I didn't do that. And once he spoke that to me, I was like, it changed everything about me. Because when I come home, I take that hat off. And if I ever come home with the work hat on, now these are like figuratively hat, like (laughs) not real hats. People are like, what kind of hat's he wearing? When I come home, my wife will tell me, hey, you need to put on a different hat. And so that was so inspiring and changed my life. Evan, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you also for allowing this back and forth on the topic of communication to to happen, to be, you know, um, to exist within this space. For people who would like to further the discussion with you or uh, even just learn more about the services you offer as a coach, how can they reach out and where can they find you online? Yes. So my website is evansilver.co. That's evansilver.co. That's my uh, handles on Instagram, TikTok, all that. So I made it very easy. At the website, you're going to find that I have a a podcast called Touch the Line that's on leadership, culture, and building a team. We have shadow days in our salon. I have online courses. And and if you reach out to me on by via email or by you know, Instagram or TikTok, I'll respond to all of those. So I love people. I'm super relational, which you can probably tell. A hundred percent. This time has been fantastic with you on the show. I've uh, really enjoyed it. And I hope everyone listening has enjoyed it just as much as, uh, well, hopefully we have together. Yeah, it's been really fun. (laughs) My nerves are calm now. Great. That's great. (laughs) Thank you, Zoe. Thank you so much for your time. While they might often be categorized as soft skills, strong communication skills are one of the vital components to a healthy, efficient workplace. So make sure you take some time to assess and reflect on your verbal, nonverbal, visual, and written communication. Do you use a confident speaking voice? Are you an active listener? How do your emotions feel physically? Is all of your visual material clear enough for your staff? Does it add value? Do you set time aside to review and be intentional about your written communications, internal and external? These are all great starting points to reflect on your communication with your team. And if you'd like to further the reflection on verbiage, so choosing a word over another, I would strongly recommend reading Jay Williams' book, This Versus That, Better Thinking, Better Choices, Better Leader. It's a short enough book, about 150 pages, defining concepts with real theory and proven applicability in short, easy-to-digest chapters. Some of the concepts that are explored include commitment versus compliance, agreement versus expectation, leadership versus management, brainstorming versus agenda, feedback versus criticism, and so on and so forth. 
In the book, there's also a great exercise helping you identify, define, and better communicate your core values to your staff, your team. Um, and to support what Evan was saying about core values, I'll leave you on a short excerpt from Jay Williams's book. Values-based leadership requires the need for constant communication of values at every opportunity. It starts in the interview process and continues in every company meeting and celebration, in every coaching moment, when mistakes are made, and every time a person is publicly recognized. Your employees don't need to share your core values, but they do need to support them. Better leaders identify, defend, and protect their core values, communicate them clearly, and are congruent in what they say and do. And when your team knows your company core values, you'll create a culture everyone supports, defends, and honors. If you'd like to share what you've been doing communications-wise with your team, please feel free to do so. We're all ears and we're very easy to get in touch with. So we're on all uh, social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and you can also reach us by email. Um, don't forget that you can always head over to force.com forward slash FM to subscribe to the show's email newsletter and uh, catch up on anything you've missed um, or the transcripts. And as always, if you want to share your thoughts on the show or this episode specifically, you can reach us at forestfm at forest.com send us an email or leave us a review on apple podcasts we read every single one of them and uh, appreciate the time you take to leave us this feedback on that note i'll catch you all next monday this episode was edited and mixed by audio z montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the Salon Owners Podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.